production of Radius Athletics and a quick timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again this week by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Big Good thanks morning. to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. We've been telling you for months now about the 323 Sports $55 team packs with four pieces of apparel, and they actually have an equally as popular $99 team pack, which kind of gives you more customization and also includes some nicer pieces of apparel, including sweatshirts for these colder months. To find out more about what 323 Sports can do for your program, visit 323sports.com, or you can contact a sales rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your basketball program. Last week, we had part one of a Q&A episode on practice planning, and we didn't quite get to everything. So we decided to kind of stretch this out a little bit. And so Randy and I are back to kind of answer some questions that coaches mm-hmm. submitted, some really good ones last week. And I think we have um, as equally as, uh, I don't know, challenging, but thought provoking. And yeah. um, I think some very practical things that will that will be helpful for coaches. Let me start with kind of big picture here. I, I was kind of got some, not this specific question, kind of mm-hmm. alluded to it. Randy, do you think that it's better as we start to formulate practices to kind of reflect more of like our games and we're entering now into the cycle of game, practice, game, practice, game, practice? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's better to split up segments where whether that's like a blob, ATO, transition offense, half-court defense, transition defense, or to combine those things together? Well, I've done both. Um, I would say for the sake of efficiency of just of the minutes you have on the gym floor, I, I would encourage coaches to combine things to where you're um, that way you can give reps to other phases of the game kind of in a in a hidden fashion. Right. Like we're actually working on maybe sideline out of bounds, but we're going to run our sideline out of bounds and go here, there, back, meaning like we're going to run our sideline out of bounds. That's the here. The team that's on defense gets a rebound and gets scored on. They're going to go there. Transition O to O. That means transition D to D for the team that had the ball first, and then we're going to go back. So that's kind of what I started doing with working on things like you mentioned, the slobs, the blobs, zone offense. Like I I still wanted to – I really wanted to avoid like the half-court habit of practice planning to where you're just – on one half of the court, 10 guys active, you know, like at, at most. And, you know, I just, I just like, I like it going up and down a little bit better. Were there any advantages or times that you did break things up? A lot of times what I would do with, with um, like, if I was going to install something like a baseline out of bounds, a sideline out of bounds or a, a special situation set or something like that is I would do it in pre-practice. So like that period of time when, Players are coming out of the locker room. They're they're you know tying their shoes, getting getting ready for practice. And I would just start sort of like before we started our dynamic warm up and got into things. I might do like just a quick walkthrough of okay, we're gonna put this in. We'll give me five guys or five girls, and we're gonna run through this. And then didn't do our warm up, and then maybe hit it in that first period right after our warm up in our transition block with a little here or there back with what I installed in pre practice. I felt like the breakdown was more helpful when I was trying to like teach things or if I needed to correct specific things, but we very quickly then jumped back into the three possession or, the, yeah. you know, five on five or yeah. just so that they get the game context. But I think sometimes, you know, the breaking things up allows them to eliminate other stimuli that maybe can distract from what you're trying to focus on. I also think too, like if you're, if you're, that's, that's a great point. 
I think too that like say say um, it's a set play that you're wanting to install or or, or uh, walk through, and you you do it in a very controlled fashion. Like okay, you know Tony, you're the point guard. Take the ball. You go up top, and you know like you you do it in a very controlled fashion in that practice setting. But that's not how you're going to have to do it and get into it in a game, right? You're 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 going to have to like do it with a little bit of resistance, and it's not. You're going to have to find that formation, be it horns or box or one, four high or whatever. So I think doing it with a little flow helps like really make it more like, you know, it exposes like the challenge of just getting into something like that versus doing it in a very contrived way of like, here's the ball, run horns too or whatever, you know. I think that leads me perfectly to the next thing that I want to ask you. And that is several coaches ask about transitioning. And I think probably the bigger picture is like flow of a practice. Yeah. Instead of those segments that kind of choppy and we stop this. Now we're on to the next thing. How do I, how do I get my players to flow to the next thing to flow? Well, to transition Mm -hmm. in their mindset, Uh, any ideas for improving the transitioning throughout a practice? I've got a few and they all come from trial and error in my experience of, of, of having practices that didn't flow well and like wanting to get better there. Um, one tip I would give um, that I started doing and I, and I actually like changed the headings on my practice planning template when I sort of evolved and stumbled into doing this is, is I kind of like grouped all the small sided games or drills we would do as either two player, three player, or four player, meaning that's the active number of active offensive participants. So if it's two on two on a side, that's a two player drill. If it's three on three cutthroat, three on three get back, three on three ping pong, something like that, those are three player because there's three active offensive players. So what I started doing was like I would make, you know, we had a two player like almost like a two on two segment, a three on three segment and a four on four segment. And I would just write in underneath the, each of those, you know, we might do a couple three on three small sided games and I would group those together and, and kind of like make some groupings with my team. Like to say you perfect world, just so the math works out like 12 player roster, four groups of three. And we're going to do three on three cutthroat and, and three on three FIBA, you know, something like that. We're going to do both of those together so we we aren't bouncing okay get in find you a group of three now find you a group of two now find you a group of four now get in five you know like it i put everything in that grouping together so i could just we already had our little trios and i just like okay now we're going to go three on three get back now we're going to go three on three cutthroat like and we didn't have to like oh who you, you know it's all packaged together and then after a few three-on-three drills, we might do some free throws and water break and come back and do the same all of our four-on-four shell, four-on-four um, change or something like that is grouped together. So we're not having to bounce around between two, three, four, one, two, three, you know, because I think you lose practice time like just on a very granular level of just organizing and setting up the drill and getting partners assigned or something like that. Like I don't want that time to leak out of our practice. There's a bigger conversation, but I think the mental focus, too, if you can group things in segments. So don't think of practice as like a whole, 
but we have segments that are separated by a water break or free throws and a mm-hmm. water break. Yeah. In those segments, we're doing the same thing. I think when you jump around that really, that really causes your players to lose focus and you can just feel it in the gym of them. I, I have to corral them back and get them all right onto this next thing. And if yeah. I can keep everything together, it's very similar. Then you're going to find that there's better transitioning from thing to thing. Yeah. Almost like how, I like a, a, a good DJ at a party, like one song just bleeds into the next and you're, you're already there and the beat matches up and you just like, like we've got threes. Let's just go. Okay. Now let's go right into this and we don't have to restart and, yeah, and yeah. get everyone kind of attention back, back to the task. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love huddle assist. With Assist, you can get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats, in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal shooting percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Combined with HD quality, automatically captured film from the Huddle Focus smart camera, every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. All right, next one here. This is always the age-old question I think everybody wants to uh is it best for me to keep my starters together or should I be splitting them up so I have more even teams and maybe a more competitive practice? Uh, I don't know what's best. I'll, I'll just tell what I did. I, I tended to get to more towards splitting teams evenly. That being said, I did both some like every once in a while, like, you know, for game prep or something like that, I would have a starting group or, or uh, together, but for the sake of competitiveness and balance and sort of like everyone being learn learning and being accountable for what's taught. I like the split teams evenly a little bit better. I think sometimes if you get in like starters practicing and backups, it's like you just have this natural inclination to coach to the starters and the backups are there as like blocking dummies or scout team or whatever. Like I, I, I like to balance it out because we might, someone might, foul out or someone might get hurt and we've got to all be on the same page so we can next man up you know i've got the politically correct answer okay do it all yeah i mean just it part of that had to do with uh, time of the season at the beginning of the year i usually kept the guys that i thought were probably going to be starting just so that they could get more reps together uh, but once the game starts usually those mm-hmm. groups are playing together anyways and so that's when I usually started splitting things up. You will find very quickly, though, that even as you track in games, yeah. you will start seeing in practices, man, these groups don't work well together. It, yeah. it, has a, it makes a weird vibe for practice or they don't. They just don't work well together or they get crushed every single time. Yeah. Or I've got my guys that just aren't very competitive and they need these guys on their team to help with that. Like, there could be a ton of factors. So yeah. I'd encourage coaches just to like be observant and don't stick to the same thing because I think the same thing, whether that you split them or you keep all the starters together, the same thing over and over for a basketball season, which is already very long, can be yeah. something where they kind of just settle in 
and it, it does not keep things sharp. Yeah, it just feels like my role on this team is 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 not going to change. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. All right, next one here. So I, I think kind of we've alluded to this the last two. When you do have a basketball practice that just kind of either the practice itself gets dull or it's the season's long or is there something that you like to kind of inject a little bit of energy into your practice? That's a good question. I, nothing's coming to mind like, okay, this is something I might just like spontaneously say, okay, to heck with the plan. We're about to do this drill right now to, to – inject some energy into this practice i would i would first kind of like why don't we have energy you know like why don't like what's the deal there but it happens like i've, I've been in lots of practices where it was just like you know late night the night before maybe a road game and the next day you got practice and you're just kind of over it and the one drill comes to mind that like i probably wouldn't have i probably i can't say that i've done it like spontaneously meaning okay to heck with the plan we're about to do this but i've i've like planned okay today we're going to going to have an intensity check it's a drill called three on three guts where you're playing three on three full court in a in a you got a, a team of three sometimes i would do a it's a three on three drill but i'd put them in groups of four so you have a sub right you're playing three on three but you've got another guy on your team who's can you can sub in but the deal is this three on three full court which is really hard you're having to defend a lot of space and and you got to get four stops in a row and you stay out there till you do. You you might get one stop, two stop, three stop, and you know you give up a basket, you go back to zero. And, and I've seen tears shed, I've seen elbows thrown, I've seen uh, all kinds of all manner of of emotional reactions when you you get one or two stops. Three on three full courts also very physically taxing because it's a lot of space and. And you get that third stop and it's, it's time to get that fourth one and you get scored on. And man, that's, that's really a, I don't know, like maybe like a mental toughness exercise. Like how can you handle like this amount of adversity? You're tired. It's difficult. Now you got to climb the mountain again to get another stop. And then like, if you don't, if you don't gut, you know, we call it guts. Cause if you don't find your guts, mm-hmm. you get sent back to zero stops and you then you're just gonna keep getting scored on and be out there forever and and you're and you're waiting for me the coach to have some mercy on you and rotate the drill and i'm probably not going to do that yeah i think you know the i don't have something specific but whether it's three on three guts or i even think of like old school bob knight the change switch drill yeah i would yeah, I call suggest, that three on three change or four on four change yeah i would suggest that you come up with something that is competitive that requires them to focus, that has a goal, whether that's four stops, three stops, you have to score four times, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's something that forces them to communicate. Yeah, that's a good idea. The communication immediately elevates practice. Yeah. The competitiveness will only come when you have some sort of goal. You have to do this three times to get off or you have to score so many points or you have to whatever it is. But if you don't have that, if a, a, a magic drill will not fix the will not fix it. You will, you need to have require them to do something yeah. in order to in, in to inject the energy into practice. I've got another one that just bubbled up while I was listening because um, the change drill sort of reminded me of it. We, we did something we called three on three slam down. Mm. So think you could do it four and four, five on five, whatever. I just tended to do it in threes. So 
it's it's blue team against white team, whatever. You know, you maybe you've got three or four teams of three, and you're keeping track. But the and 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 it's it's it sounds kind of corny, but the players they love they just love this physical act of like, okay, we're on defense, we get us we're playing three on three, we get a stop, we get a defensive rebound. When I get the defensive rebound, I like slam it down on the ground, slam the ball down on the ground and like, that's one, like, oh, stop. Right. And we're playing till the first team to get 10 stops. And, and like to, you get the stop and you slam the ball down, like one, you know, and, and just that, man, the players loved like getting, going up, getting a one handed rebound, like getting, getting that stop, slam it one, you know, like that, that just that sort of like spiking the ball after a touchdown feeling was like, something that I, I I can recall like being a very energetic and enthusiastic drill just because of that simple act of slam down. I like that. Have you ever, next one, have you ever used music to maybe help with that? Or are you no music preference, no preference? I'm I'm a no music guy, probably. I've been to practices where it's music's on and find that fine. It's whatever. I I I I'm probably no music, I guess, like it could maybe something I could have done like or, or, or tolerated it or it in, you know, in certain drills or like, you know, like just a shooting drill, like a, you know, we're, we're just shooting and there's music on, like, I'm not really instructing. We're just getting volume shots or something like that. Music on. Yeah. I don't want to talk over a bunch of noise or like that, but I get, I get it. I've seen it happen, but I'm, I'm probably on team. No music old guys like us probably don't care about this and we'll probably scoff at this, but I do understand the younger generation, especially during shooting drills. If you do a lot of like okay. shooting stuff or, you know, a five minute segment, or we'll have sometimes when we shoot for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and you can just feel kind of in the gym, kind of, I, I'm pretty sure we could elevate things if we at least had something going. Yeah. But yeah. To your point, like, I don't want to be talking over something that's blaring or whatever. So yeah. Like you're yelling over the music and, you lose your voice or like you just sound terrible. Like I, yeah, I'm good on that. Yeah. So that leads me to the next thing. I just brought it up, but what do you do for shooting? Do you like more of what we would refer to as the block shooting on air or do you want something that's more game-like? Yes. (laughs) No, I, I do. I did both. I, I've kind of developed this little rhyme over the years of shooting is the only skill that gets its own drill. Meaning like, we're probably not going to do a passing drill. We're probably not going to do a rebounding drill, but we, but shooting is the only skill that gets its own drill. Meaning we'll, we'll, we will do some just like isolated volume shooting, catch and shoot, just repetitive shooting. Uh, that's about the only skill that I think elevates to that level of importance to put it in isolation like that. You know, um, Tiger Woods still goes to the driving range, right? Like he's not always just doesn't just play golf. He goes and, and just swing and shoots or swing and hit balls and like that muscle memory, that that um, sort of repetitive fine tuning and tweaking of little things that might creep into your shot and having someone watch you. And, and, and I think that's important. Um, but the game shots are also important, but I would also say that like, I want if, if we're talking about outside jumpers, like jump shots, I kind of want our game shots to look like 
that like shooting drills, like just standing there and shooting. That's the shots we want, like drive, kick, extra. You know, no one's in our no one's in our bubble. We're just shooting. I, I kind of want our game shots to look like that. Right. So I'm shameless plug. I will say, yeah. just go to my Twitter account. I posted favorite team shooting drill and got okay. a ton of responses. And people, yeah. some people have preferences for they want to go two on one. Um, I'm with you. I think there's a combination, a time and place for both. Some of people want just breakdown of their offense. So whether that's right. a, something drive and kick. I did all that too. Yep. And and we do that as well. We shoot so much during practice. I've actually started splitting it up a little bit. We used to do kind of a 20-minute segment at the end. Mm-hmm. I now will – I tried this week before the 30-second free throws or the, the water break – we will do a five to six minute shooting drill. And that's where we usually sometimes either we'll do on air yeah, or we'll do a part of our offense breakdown part of it. Again, I would say just like keep things fresh by mixing things up, but make sure that it's related to what you're doing in the game. And obviously yeah. from game spots and the stuff we've been saying for years, game shots, game spots, game speed, that I kind think, of thing. So I think the very first like entry level, maybe like graduation from just a block shooting to something of a slight bit more game-like and just shooting against a, a, a closeout. Like just mm-hmm. in, we call it inside out shooting. Me and you are partners. I've got the ball. I'm in the paint. I throw it to you and just run at you with a hand up and you follow your shot, get it and throw it back to me. And, cl- and we just kind of go back and forth, just shooting against to sort of like get players to sort of gauge their, distance of how quickly they can get their shot off versus a recovering defender you know it's like very basic let me end with this what was one adjustment that you made over the course of your coaching career Mm -hmm. that you felt like either things went a lot smoother or better or it really kind of changed the way that i that my teams practiced when i made this change started posting the practice plans Hmm. like um i've talked to a lot of coaches who They've got their practice plan written up. Maybe they give them to their coaching staff, but their players don't see it. They're afraid that their players are going to look and look for the conditioning or look for the hard drills and sort of like mentally sort of pace themselves. And like, you know, like, so they kind of withhold. I've seen that. I, I, I will grant that, 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 that could happen. But what I started doing was like posting it in the locker room on the bulletin board, on the back of our, on the wall in our practice gym or competition gym, or have them laying out on the scores table. So between breaks, like, because what I wanted was communication. If I'm, if I'm withholding the practice plan and I've got to tell, okay, next drill is this, I'm doing all the communicating and telling i started posting here's your three on three teams they're right there on the practice plan when that buzzer goes off y'all have y'all should have already have taught gotten yourself organized when that buzzer goes off we're starting ball in we're not not buzzer goes off and like then i'm going to tell you and we're going to arrange that's time leakage mm-hmm. talk it out big next so i started posting the plan to where now i put the accountability on our players to where not everything has to come from me going okay next drill guys is this and it's like what I noticed was some of the, the girls that I coached, some of them looked looked at the plan and like could almost like memorize it in one glance and like really be a leader. Others didn't want to look at it because they were like, oh, I don't want to see how hard it's going to be or whatever, you know. But posting the plan, I would I would I would say that that that's something that I like the positive benefits of.
I think we're all looking for effective and efficient practices. And we've got given over the last two weeks, like a lot of little things. And I feel like probably we could give a hundred more things that we've yeah. learned and probably continuing to learn more ways to become more efficient and effective. If you have a better idea or a good idea for things, I'm always open to, to hearing about sure. it. Please feel free to reach out to either Randy or I, some things maybe we could discuss in the future or just for learning sake, you can find us on Twitter. Our handles there. If you're watching at radius athletics, well, my Twitter handle is at Tony W. Miller. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week for the live show. If you missed any part, you can go back and watch the entire episode on YouTube. Just simply search Radius Athletics, and there you'll find the full version of the show. Or if you're more inclined to listen, you can go to any podcast platform and search a quick timeout, and you'll find the audio version. Before we head out, Randy, last word. I was going to let people know um, last week, since we talked about the same topic as this week, I've not uploaded that episode mm. yet. So I'm going to just upload them together in one would be kind of almost an hour long, part one and part two in one video. So look for that. Sweet. Great idea. For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again next time on Hoops Form. <laughs>